Hello and welcome to Mr. Movie Club, episode three. I am your host, Barney Barnbarn. This week, I talked to my good friend Dale Oates, uh, director, writer, visual effects uh, wizard. Um, I'll tell you more about him in a minute. I'm going to start off with uh, the what I'm watching section. Um, on the small screen, I've been watching Big Little Lies, which I'll talk about later. Uh, I think it's good. I don't think it's as good as season one. I think it's worth watching just for Meryl Streep alone. All the actresses are great. All the actors are good, too. Most of the actors are good. Um, but um, it's a bit of a hot mess this year and a bit of a soap opera. But uh, I do enjoy that. I, think it's, I still think it's a well-made show. Um, I just binged uh, Stranger Things because my kid kept quizzing me on the names of all the characters. Um, and actually, I really liked season three of Stranger Things. I thought they upped their game, and I, my expectations were low because it gets so much hype. Um, I thought it was better than season two. I think most long-form Golden Age shows these days, season twos, are often uh, lacking. Um, I liked Mr. Robot season two, but a lot of people didn't. And, um, but I agree that Mr. Robot season three was amazing. Um, anyway... Moving on to the big screen. All right, I'm going to talk about four films. Don't worry, I'm not going to go too in-depth. But um, they're all kind of related, in a way. All music-based films. And as those of you who know me well know that I um, got my filmmaking start by doing music videos and being in bands. So I love music, as lots of people do. But um, let me start with these two documentaries. So two documentaries I saw. One in the theater... One was on Netflix, but it was really a documentary, so I'm calling it cinema. Um, and they both involved uh, men with the last name Dylan. So now, the first one is Rolling Thunder Review, which is on Netflix. I think it played theatrically some places, but um, it was um, it's a really amazing historical piece. But I don't know if you've heard about the controversy around it, but apparently... Mr. Scorsese, it's pronounced Scorsese, I just learned. I've been saying Scorsese for years. Um, Mr. Scorsese, who I'm a huge fan of, and Mr. Bob Dylan, who I'm a fan of, who's not, but I'm not like a crazy um, Dylan fan. But it's still an amazing, just the footage, it's worth watching just for the footage alone, the concert footage from his 1975 tour where he's wearing this hat and putting on this weird white makeup I remember seeing photographs from that time and not understanding what the fuck he was doing. And the movie does kind of uncover that a bit, but it also covers it up because I don't know if you've heard about this and you can look up, look it up on the internet. Almost half of the fucking movie was made up. They have Sharon Stone on it um, talking about how she met him as a teen on that tour and kind of went with the tour for a while. And it was apparently complete bullshit. There's a politician at the end talking about Dylan. That politician is the actor who played Tanner 88 in the, um, oh, I should have written it down, um, in a, a famous fake documentary uh, directed by Robert Altman. And I've been arguing, not arguing, discussing this with friends online. It's like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? 
It's interesting. Bob Dylan is always a trickster. Mr. Zimmerman, as John Lennon liked to call him. Obviously a very talented guy, but it's just, it's just a weird thing. And so then his son, Jacob Dylan, was involved in this other documentary, which was very straightforward, called Echo in the Canyon, directed by Andrew Slater. And that's a documentary about um, California in the mid-60s. It's about a real specific time, I think, from like 65 to 67, when all these musicians, guys from Buffalo Springfield, including Neil Young and... Um, we're all living next door to the Mamas and the Papas and Brian Wilson. And if you're into that time period of music, you should check that movie out. It's not as the, 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 the filmmaking is a little more straightforward than the Rolling Thunder review, but it's, it's a good film. A lot of really interesting um, performances and a lot of footage you can find online, but a lot of, uh, a lot of interviews that really, really um, reveal what was going on at that time. So I recommend both the films, but one is half bullshit, and the other is is more honest from the son of the guy who made who helped make the bullshit one. So interesting. Um, so then the other two films I want to kind of compare are Rocket Man uh, and. Yesterday, now Rocket Man obviously is the biopic about Elton John, directed by, I hope I'm saying his name right, Dexter Fletcher. And Yesterday is the What If the Beatles Never Existed movie, directed by Danny Boyle. Now here's the thing, those are two movies I went into expecting to like Rocket Man and expecting not to like Yesterday. I had heard terrible things about Yesterday that was corny, it was predictable, it was pandering. All of that is true. Now, maybe it's because I am a Beatle freak. In the some way, some people are Dylan freaks. I am a complete and total Beatle freak. I don't even understand people who don't like the Beatles. It makes no sense to me. When I was a kid, um, I remember I would meet other kids who didn't know every Beatles song. And I, it, it was like meeting someone who didn't speak English. It made no sense to me. So with that in mind, I really enjoyed yesterday. It's entertainment. It's not a heavy film. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting because it's about the creative process, which I thought was really interesting. Even though it's about a guy who's ripping off songs by the most famous songwriters ever, the fact that he can't remember all the songs is a big part of the movie. And the way he goes about remembering them as an amateur songwriter myself, to me, really was a, a nice sort of subtext about what the creative process is, about how it really is finding stuff as opposed to creating stuff. Um, and maybe that makes no sense, but to me it does. And it really spoke to me. I, I thought I, th I thought it was it really captured the whole idea of what, why it's good that good art exists in the world. It's not good because of the artist. It's good because of the art. And that's where I kind of had problems with Rocket Man. It was, it was um, well-directed. Uh, I, I liked Taron... Uh, uh, Egerton, am I saying his name right? Who played Elton? I thought he was good. Um, the woman who played his mom, Bryce Dallas Howard, I thought was amazing. So some great uh, performances in it. But ultimately, that movie, um, Rocket Man, was about Elton's life, which obviously was tough. Living in the closet, growing up, you know, with a really messed up family. But I really thought it was going to be more about the music. And even though 
It has people singing his songs in the kitchen, which puts some people off no matter what. You know, that whole musical thing of just breaking into song mid-scene. That's, you know, that's a motif either you like or you don't like. I actually don't hate that. That's not the reason I didn't like the movie. Um, But I found the movie pandering in a different way. It pandered to the cult of personality. And I, I am an Elton John fan, probably more of an Elton John fan than a Dylan fan, maybe a little bit less than the Beatles, but I had a lot of their records. I love his songs. I don't think the movie, even though I think Elton had a lot to do with it, the music itself seemed to be just wallpaper, just to be background. Even though they're doing these huge numbers, they cut the songs short, they rearranged them to be much more sort of show tunes. They didn't have the vibe that his records had at all, in my opinion. Um, and just, you know, just overall the, the film was about him, which is fine and it should be about him. But like, I even liked, um, what's it called? I liked, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody better. And we're supposed to not like that film cause it was half directed just by the team cause the director was fired halfway through. But I thought Rami Malek gave an amazing performance and that movie was a hot mess too, but I enjoyed it more than Rocket Man. And it, you know, obviously they both covered a lot of the same territory about you know people growing up um, sort of working class people in England you know specifically gay men who had to grow up in the closet and deal with that and deal with their talent and becoming stars and I think those are all great subject matters you know for film but but even even the um, the Queen movie even Bohemian Rhapsody was more about the music and about how music saved him you know and I, I with Elton, they they showed that, but to, I don't, I didn't feel that from that movie. Whereas um, even yesterday was about oh, it's the music, it's the actual tunes, it's the actual work. It's not about the people. It may be silly to compare them, but that's my take, and I just thought I'd share it with you. All right, um, I'll shut up now and move on to uh, my conversation with Dale. Dale is, as I said before, a director, a writer a visual effects supervisor. Uh, He is represented by Chromista, which is Darren Aronofsky's company. So you know he is highly regarded in the business. He's done short films. He's uh, done visual effects. um, He's just an all-around great guy. We've worked together for a couple years, and and we're just good buddies. And uh, it's a great talk. I I had to cut it down a bit because I couldn't shut the F up. Um, But we have a really good... We do a deep dive on the film Mandy, the... Panos Cosmatos film uh, with Nicolas Cage that came out, I think, late last year. That's kind of a cult film now. We have a really, really good deep dive. He has a really good insight on the subtext in the uh, image, in the um, allegory of that film. Um, and we, uh, we also um, talk about his time at Animal Logic, the animation studio, which is where he was before he was with Chromista. And Animal Logic is one of the biggest animation houses and They've done work for Harry Potter and Happy Feet and Legos. So um, for those with a technical interest in filmmaking, we we get into some real, um, not even technical, but technical slash creative, you know, h- how the whole animation world has developed over the, over the last 20 years. Really fascinating stuff. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dale Oates.
Welcome to Mr. Movie Club here at Sugarbox Studios. I have my good friend Dale Oates. Hey, Dale. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. We're live on air. We're live. We're not, but you know, yeah, it's okay. Know, but you know. Um, I will have already done an introduction, but Dale is a filmmaker and uh, you know, just an all-around good guy. We met about two years ago on a branding project, right? Yeah. Is that about right? And That's a bra- yeah, branding project. And when we were waiting for your, the clients to uh, give us our revisions, we would just sit and chat. And Well, yeah. then you went away for a year because yeah. it was a weird project, which we won't get into. Yeah. <laughs> and then you came back. And, you know, we just started realizing, like, we have a lot of the same taste in movies. Well, in common, yeah. You're the first guest who, you know, I always ask, uh, what are your five favorite movies? And you're the yeah. first guest who, uh, I've seen, I think, almost everything on this list. Actually, I have not seen Shoplifters, which I hear oh, good yeah. stuff about. Oh, no, it's very good. But, um, but t- you know, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about yourself? How did you get into filmmaking? You were born in Australia, um, right? Yeah, I'm an Australian, so I apologize if no one can understand me. We're going to translate it yeah, all yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have... Uh, Closed like, captions and whatever We're going to have Siri translate yeah. it from start to finish. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an Aussie um, in New York. And um, I got into filmmaking through photography. Right. And um, I went to yeah, I went to like a you know art school in, in Brisbane, actually. Brisbane. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Brizzy boy, as they say. So is Brisbane on the... <laughs> Brisbane's like the... What do you call Brisbane? Is I mean, it's sh- like the, the San Chicago. Fr- you have to put it in the it's, U.S. Yeah, wise. yeah. <laughs> it's it's well, it's it's coastal. You know, it's beach. Okay. It's beach vibes. Like, um, so it's San Diego. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Okay. It is the everyone's San- walking around in flip flops and <laughs> it drinking is the San Diego drinking of, Coronas or whatever, yeah. whatever they do in San Diego. I've been to San Diego once. I was in San Diego for a job. And, right um, in LA. Actually, I've been there twice, and right. both times were for work. But oh. anyway, San Diego. we don't have to talk about San um, Diego. Yeah. So, so, so you started in Brisbane. You went to you went to school for photography. Uh, yeah, I went to art school. Um, I went. Um, you know, I I think I applied for you know like there was fine. I, I did a fine arts portfolio. I did a design portfolio, and I did a photography portfolio. And I just kind of like went there you go, um, and I got and chosen off. into the photography um, uh, program. Nice and. It's a well-known program. The yeah, school you went to? yeah, it's one of the it's one of the most prestigious, you know, art schools. But especially for photography, it's one of the best ones for photography. The best ones in Brisbane, in, in, in Australia. Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that that was cool. And I was fresh out of um, high school, um, and I went in when I went into that program. Um, I was one of clearly one of the youngest people in that program. Um, there was like a handful of us that had come straight from school. A lot of people had, had already done. Had already been in. There was um, what's young in Australia? Like seventeen, eighteen? Um, yeah, seven. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, eighteen. Well, most of the kids were more graduate students. Yeah, they were. Yeah, post grads. Got and it. Lots of um, lots of people that went off and really built a, a, a portfolio. So I don't know how I lucked out because you know everyone was way more experienced in, and, in, in photography than I was. And you knew you wanted to do something in the visual field. Yeah, like, that was always your yeah, focus. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I. I always wanted to work in film, yeah. Um, but I had no idea about the, the you know the structure of 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 what those crews were, and and I thought the cinematographer was the director. You know, I was so right. super naive, and um, and I would I would I would be I would shoot, and, I, and so I was kind of doing photography to to be a DP. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought was going to be the path, that and was... I and I kind of just I just bundled it all together into like a director DP thing, right, know? right. And when I was there, and then you got into sort of animation stuff, right? Yeah, that, and and VFX yeah. and that kind of yeah, thing? it's a bit of a weird journey. So, um, it it all comes down to, you know, te- technology 
So I was, you know, when I was in at art school and doing photography, um, I, I remember the day we got Photoshop. You right. Know, it was two computers. Was with that a, a Quadra? Like, yeah. Like one yeah, of those yeah, old... Yeah. 486. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we got, we got Photoshop and then we had a, um, a film scanner that oh, came nice. into the thing. And, um, you know, and they had a couple of digital cameras, but they were like, you know, micro... Micro four thirds, like you know, the, the sensors right. were, were bad. So I just really dismissed digital anything, like for you were anti-digital. Oh yeah, because I, I was all about, um, well, what's you know, film. N- nothing, you know, for a, a number of years could surpass what film could capture. So I just, I just ignored digital capture of anything well, for it, quite a time. Like, it's a big thing with filmmakers now, like... In-camera stuff. Well, in-camera stuff versus VF, VFX, VFX and also yeah. digital versus capturing mm. film. And, mm-hmm. like, I love talking about that kind of yeah. stuff. We're kind of... I was I'm an editor, you're a director, yeah. effects guy, and it's like, the process, like, makes a fucking that's, difference. That's right. But let's talk about movies instead. So you gave me your list of movies, and I wanted to do a deep dive on... You know, I kept asking, like, what's your favorite of all time? You, and you kind of had a tough time picking. Mm-hmm. Um which is uh, interesting. I had a very tough time. I was going to pick one for you, but then it would be 2001 or uh, a Citizen Kane. So I don't know. Right, if, right, if right. Those are, Which uh, I love both those films. But yeah. Yeah. Now, that, I found it a really hard question. What's your favorite film? It says you, know, you have to make the list and like, just be unapologetic about yeah, it. It's like Porky's 3. Like, yeah, that's my that's, favorite that's it. film. Yeah. You know? Well, because I'm just like, oh, wow. There's like, you know... You know, and then I kind of looked through it. So I don't know. No one, no one can see the list. So I should say no, it. So, well, so, so it list, says stalker. Your list is, here. I'll, I'll <laughs> Do go you want to read it out to everybody? A lot of it is new film Stalker, which actually I haven't seen that. So there's two I haven't seen. The Tarkovsky. Mandy, yeah. uh, Shoplifters, Free Solo, Persona, Mulholland Drive, which is great. It's not my favorite Lynch, but I like it. Cold War, which is another new film. I, I, so here, I, I highlight the ones that I wanted to talk about. So yeah. Cold War, First yeah. Man, and Repulsion. Yeah. Um, First Man is the, the the new one, the one. Yeah, that, yeah. And and that, did we talk about that? Because like I don't that, know anybody who loves that film, and and except I really, you and me, I really like it. I, I mean, but just to, just to clarify, that list with yeah. with with Free Solo and Cold oh, War and First Man was my this week list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't all time list. I just may, to I be may clear. have taken that out. Just I may to be have clear, because I did email I did email you the the top. The yeah, top yeah. ones. Um, well, let's let's talk about Mandy because like Mandy's like the, I remember when you and I were working <laughs> just a couple months ago, we started talking about it. And we we're like, oh my god! Like you, me, and Mandy's Hartman, amazing. the other editor on the job that we did, yeah. we were all like, oh my god, I love that film. And um, as you know, actually, Movie Club, this podcast yeah. kind of started with me and friends at work going out to movies, and uh, we were going to go see it again, it's and Mandy. it's already playing. As a, uh, it feels like a cult film. It's doesn't a cult it? film. Oh my god. Well, I'll let you talk. Like, what did you like about it? And then I'll, we'll see where we where we. Mesh. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm really. I mean, I don't know from that list if anyone is familiar with all that list. But you know, a lot of those films are puzzles, yeah, right, to solve. And and that's my favorite film is a puzzles. And that's why, you know, especially Mulholland Drive's on that list because I've been trying like to... Like aesthetically, story-wise? Story, yeah, story-wise and, um, yeah, story, um, symbolism, yeah. Um, how the aesthetics come into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, any mythology that's 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 driven in there. Um, I I really geek out on that stuff and I, and I find a lot of value in a film that I can revisit. Like, you know, all those films, I've watched... 
at least twenty times each. Dozen times. Got them on Blu-ray. Yeah. 4K. Well, yeah. I just, yeah. I just, I just, I really dive in, and like my wife thinks I'm insane because I watch these movies over and over again. So, Mandy. So you like the fact that it's a, a puzzle, there's symbolism. I really like. Yeah, I really, I really love that movie. Um, and it is, and it is, in its sense, an insanely simple story. I mean, like yep. it's, it's like you know, it is just. It, it could be just. Um, um, described as a as a, as a revenge porn yep, thing, yep. right? Um, and and for the listeners that don't know what Mandy is, um, if they haven't seen it, um, it's it's Nicolas Cage, um, and uh, yeah, I guess we, we can talk about spoilers. We can we can talk about spoilers. Yeah, right? no, here's We're the thing. Spoil the, here's the first rule of movie club. Uh, we can spoil. <laughs> um, and anytime we're talking about movies, and I'll say this now. Uh, expect to be spoiled because I don't think you can talk about movies with a friend or yeah. anybody. Without discussing the spoilers, you know the actual plot points. Yeah. Although, like, I feel like a movie like Mandy, the plot points aren't really the point. You know, I, I feel like the subtext, the aesthetics, and the subtext in mm. the uh, the sort of references, like, don't you think? Like, that's more the point of them, and, and the puzzle aspect of it, yeah, is more. I mean, what? So let's talk about the symbolism because I bet a lot of that flew over my head because you seem like you had a better education than um, me. Um, <laughs> and what's funny for me, what what I found interesting about Mandy was that it's the kind of film I, I'm not like really into like, expo- yeah. you know, exploitation films and you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. kind of like, sort of campiness. Right. But something about that movie, like, and I saw it twice, like, just like it hit me viscerally, even though it was kind of ridiculous in in points. Uh, you know, I I just really just lent straight in on the mythology and the and the um and the symbolism that was all inside that and i thought there was something like religious symbolism or? yeah there was, i mean that's just laden yeah, with, yeah. Li- 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 well, with religious the, with, symbolism well, here let, let's 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 sort of give the people a, a little synopsis about this guy nick cage i can't yeah, remember so, the character's name so yeah so so nick cage and um he's he's a a, a logger yeah. In some logging yeah, yeah. area. Yeah, you kind of start off with Nick Cage. And then his 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 basically his uh wife gets he, um gets brutally murdered. Gets kidnapped by this yeah. cult, this sort of Charles Manson yeah. type cult. Andrea brutal. Reisenberg is um is the is, is his girlfriend in the thing. And, she's and then, amazing. You know what I just saw her in? She's amazing. I was watching um did you see uh what's that movie? Uh Killing Stalin. Oh the no comedy. Yeah, yeah. And um I uh I saw I was like, Who is that woman? She has a real look and she was it's funny because she was dressed up totally differently. Yeah, and she looked totally different. But um, she's just one of those mesmerizing actor mm-hmm. actresses. Mm. And she, it sounds like she got killed at the beginning. But if you watch, she, for those who haven't seen the movie, she she gets killed. Yeah. She uh, gets p- killed brutally at the beginning. Pretty brutally. Not um, not right at the beginning though, because it's it's kind of like it takes a while, right? Well, it's um, yeah, and then and structurally, like, and then the second half of the film is basically just Nick Cage, Nick Cage going on a rampage, going on a rampage, and but it gets so like Twisted. it becomes like a, an acid. Trip. It's a total acid trip. A total acid. Trip. Yeah, it is a total acid trip. And and also the other thing with Mandy is it's it's beautifully crafted, like as a f- so beautiful, and it and it really takes some film, um, cinematic risks. Yes, that I yes. was just so happy. To well, see. It's almost like he was designing some of the scenes off of like heavy metal t shirts. Oh my right? god. No, like literally, super right? Super psychedelic. Yeah. You know? like, and like crazy, like super saturated colors and the yes. landscape is foreign. And you know, and the landscape in Mandy, you know, this is just and, and Mandy's a very interpretive film. Like I you know, like my Which is interpre- another thing I loved about my it. My interpretation yeah. of Mandy is different to someone else's and I, I think that's really that's a that's what yeah. it's for, you know. Mandy is is very much yep. like like that and you know and i see mandy as you know it's 
you know, and this, and you know, this is, um, this is, some, this is at the moment. I, this is how I see Mandy. I see Mandy like this. You know, the Nicolas Cage character and his girlfriend are Adam and Eve. Oh, that's interesting. And, um, and what's his name? The the the, the cult leader. He's Jesus, right? And his disciples, right? 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 right. And, um, and and it's this and it's this struggle of like, um, you know. The Adam and the, this Adam and Eve characters that that are, that are kind of burdening the um, this this idea of con- you know like they've had to take the the burden of of, of consciousness right and um, you know the film starts with Nicolas Cage he's 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 a he's a wood chopper right, right. so he's, he's in a, the he's in the forest a logger. logging yeah. you know taking away the earth t- destroying uh, yeah. right oh god i gotta see it again this yeah. is why i got isn't there yeah. like a beautiful like gorgeous shot yeah. yeah and then you know then i he forgot goes, about that shot too you just reminded gets me gets in yeah. the chopper goes home yep he's he you know he's 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 clearly depressed he goes home back to you know back to this woman that he's just totally in love with and that is where that is their eden and you know they and Jesus, the Jesus character, who I'm calling Jesus, he's the, the cult, cult, leader. cult leader. But he's, you know, he he says this great statement that he's been told by God that he can have anything, anything right. he wants. Right. He he is the son of God and therefore the top of the hierarchy as far as he sees it. And he can take whatever he wants. And he tries to take Eve because why not? Yeah. If you're Jesus, if you've yeah, yeah. been told you're the son of God, because... Adam and Eve aren't the, son, the sons and daughters. They're not. They're not. Um, they're not lineage from God, yeah. right? But Jesus is for some reason. Okay, right. archetypally and um, and so, literally to some people. Yeah, and probably well, not yeah. you and me. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and then when he, you know, and, and he tries to do this with with Eve, right? And Eve laughs in his face, right? Right, right, right. Eve right. mocks him, you know, and like, and it's, it's brilliant because he puts this song on and she says, is "This you singing." You're singing about yourself, like you know, like you're yeah, yeah, you're about, pathetic, and like you know, and, and she's all drugged at that point, right? And she's but, but she's, she's still laughing at him. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, I love that. Scene. But she's but she laughs, and then she turns the laugh into a weapon. Yeah, and humiliates him. Yep, um, and um, in front of his disciples, and then he sees this as utter blasphemy. Yeah, and then burns her alive. Yep, right? yeah, 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 in front of Nick, uh, in front of Nick Cage. It's horrible, right? Terrible. And scene, Nick Cage, yeah. and you know. Nick, and then that, and Nick Cage's character has to watch this, and it's you truly are with him at this because you've, and they brilliantly did this in the filmmaking is they set up how much what their love was like. It was just beautiful and tender and soft and not you know that was where happiness lived, and then this narcissistic, you know, son Delusional. of God, yeah. right, yeah. who thinks he can take whatever he wants from the world, which again is another big symbolism about what's going on. You know, obviously, with you know, with with most people, say on Instagram and shit like this, right? Because it's all about this narcissistic view of themselves. So, like, me, me, me. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and then, and then you know, he burns her alive, and then, but he doesn't realize who he's who he's fucking with, you know? Because let's say let's say he's Adam still, right? Yeah. Adam's had everything taken. Yeah, yeah everything yeah, yeah. in the world. He's got nothing left, and he's like, "Fuck you, God." Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Like and fuck your son. Yeah. Too for doing this to me, right? So he goes on this incredible rampage and just destroys all the <laughs> all the all the disciples, let's say, and then finally makes his way to Jesus. Yeah. And that last showdown is within 
a church, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the yeah. church yep. is buried in a in a in a in like a um uh like an open faced mine. That 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 whole scene was like they did, did they build that? Like, yeah, of course they did. did. You read? Oh and my they god, burned it down. But so yeah, so so at the beginning. He's logging the forest to build, and he's the building the church. Got to even make that connection. Right? Yeah. And he's building the, his church in the place yeah. that he that he. But but the, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. church is representative of society, right? right? And we're just we're 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 taking from the earth, right? To, but yeah, is that what you're saying? Is is that is that the, the church is representative of destroying of destroying the yeah, earth, of destroying you know, yeah, destroying like, nature? Well, it's and it's all about if you're being told yeah. you can take whatever you want, right? Of course, you'll take everything, right? Right, and that's kind Which of lots, like, lots of religious zealots do. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that's kind of like modern society now is. This, we think we're just this these in, this entitled, um, you know, animal walking yeah. around on two feet that can just li- literally rape the earth for whatever means of production we need right. that can satisfy ourselves. And so there's this big analogy happening in that film to me. You know, that this I, I might be way off the mark because I haven't I haven't no. read any I haven't gone into any like explanations on Mandy shit. Like I've just, I've just, I'm living, all, I don't want to know. I, well, wanna, I, I just want to, I want to have it in my own I didn't mind, get you know? any of that from right. this and you're, you're blowing, you're, first yeah. of all, you're making me want to go see it again like right now. Yeah, like yeah. we should leave here and it just go, go see it. Go watch I think it, yeah. it's playing out in Brooklyn but I'm sure it's, on, yeah. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. But, um, but it's in, it's really interesting again because you work for uh, Darren Aronofsky's company mm. and um, Darren Aronofsky's mother which is another film that, that the you film and I both like. Not uh, Darren F. Film, Darren no, not his, not his mother. mother. It's, it's yeah. actually Mother Exclamation Point. Mother right? Exclamation. Like, so it's mother. Sh- if, yeah. if he listens to this, I'm going to make sure we get that right. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've read about about his. He's of actually course. been very open about how his movie is a, a double sort of metaphor allegory for for also for uh, what we do to the, the earth. The, the, that Old house Testament. represents the earth, mm-hmm. and but it's and it's also like quite literally a creation. And when when and when What's you the, hear him talk about like oh, there's Cain and Abel, and there's Adam and Eve, and like it's it's almost it's oh, I don't want to say it's too much, but it's it's much more overt. Than uh, what Mandy does, and yeah. what's interesting about your interpretation of Mandy is that even if the filmmaker didn't intend it, I think it's a really fascinating interpretation because right, 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 right. you know, like I didn't think of it in those. But it's it's almost like you're saying it's kind of a, a what if? What if Jesus? What if the New Testament and the Old Testament <laughs> came together for all the biblical scholars out there? Okay, and Je- and Jesus was like a psycho, a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't turn the other cheek. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, it's like and he thought and it's he like was, Jesus and he never did the sermon on the mouth. He was a narcissist. Yeah. and and in a way, that's what that that that's the perversion that um, we've all you know. And I'm yeah, saying yeah. we've all like I'm just talking about you know Judeo-Christian society has almost. T- Turned Jesus per- into that. Perver- yeah, you know, they've you know. perverted him into this narcissistic. Well, like when, thing when you argue me, with, you know. Know. we would try not to get too political on Mr. Mm. Movie Club, but like when you talk to like reactionaries and uh, especially right wing reactionaries about, well, how can you know? How can you, you know, say you're for Jesus, but you're also for invading countries and stuff? And like immediately, you know, they mm. they, they go. Uh, well, it's they, the, they go, oh, well, Jesus was a warrior, too. You know, it's, it, it, that's the problem with most religions. I think you and I are mm. in alignment here that that it it like good movies. They can be so interpreted that you can make it fit any crazy mm. ideas that probably come from your own head and mm. don't come from the, yeah, from yeah, the dogma. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing is like, um, you know, film and and this is my why I'm so passionate about film and being a filmmaker is. You know, you know we're storytelling creatures, and we are, we have we are like custodians of of 
of bringing forth the knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and sharing it with it. Yeah, and sharing yeah. them and like having and and sparking these conversations. I mean, I mean, I mean, what better piece of art to make than to have people start to really yeah. consider that? and interpret it and have conversations about that that lead to like other things you right. know and that's why most of these films on this list are like that to me you know like you they know, speak to you that yeah, way and, yeah and 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 yeah because you could just see mandy as this revenge porn guy yeah, that runs around kind of killing camp, killing, yeah. killing all these people in a in a and it's all weird and, and it's just weird you yeah, know because yeah, it's got yeah. weird matte paintings that they've put in there and like but it's all in there, it's you know. This you think is a, this it's is to a, serve this a bigger, a, a bigger purpose, a much bigger, bigger purpose yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah. You know, like you know, the fact that the the like in Mandy, the 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 the, the landscape gets more alien. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, yeah, the yeah. film goes on, right, it starts to twist and turn and not look like Earth anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and I love films that do that. I love you know? films it's that take really you. Brilliant. I think I think Mother does it. Um, I think. Uh, Man, it is. I think most of mm. uh, you know, like there's some filmmakers who are a little more like Scorsese, who I love, is a little more you know gritty and real. Yeah, literal. But yeah. but um, but I, I love movies that like take you to a place where. Well, this is an interest because you know I hear advertising people always talk about oh it's all storytelling, 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 storytelling. I agree, and every kind of work of art, even a painting, is storytelling. Mm-hmm. But what gets me, and I have this argument with, and I'm curious what you think about this, is I am of the opinion. That, yeah, it's about storytelling, but storytelling isn't just, oh, the plot and the script. The storytelling is like like how you light something is going to tell a different story, right? And like how, where you put the camera is going to tell a different story. I had this argument with a friend who was like, well, the only real artist in in filmmaking is the writer. I was like, not even the director or the actor? He's like, no, no, they're, they're just, they're servicing the writer. And I understood his point, but I was like... Yeah, that's not right. You no, know what I mean? It's completely I mean, not right. <laughs> I mean, in a novel, you can say that. Yeah, well, well, in, in, I can hear some people arguing, well, the book editor and the, the guy who picks the font and the cover. But it's, it's not, you know, mm. it, he was kind of saying that about film. It's like, that's not the, like, I think the cinematographer, the art direction, like, I, I mean, that's the other thing. It's a, it, there's no way around the fact, even though you can do a lot these days, there's no way around the fact that it's a collaborative art. You know, that, that, that yeah, you can have an auteur who kind of, Mm. controls everything but like it's almost like especially if you're filming just filming actors just you know take out all the other stuff like even if you're a director cameraman you have to be working with another human so it's it's a it's a it's a conversation from the all kind of filmmaking unless well, you're doing story. like nature photography is it is it's a it's conversation a, bef- but i'd say it's a it's a conversation with another human uh, so like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But I, 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 got lost I think there. I'll tell you what you're trying to say. <laughs> I think you're trying to say that, I got lost that, there. that 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 story that is is from the impetus. So it starts with a story, right? Let's say the writer, but then the director has to be able to convey that story to the rest of the crew. Well, to keep, and to keep, all the different disciplines, to the group. editor and the DP, and yeah, the, yeah. and then yep. and like so, it's all storytelling, and even how to get people on board is how you. Can story tell to right. in to motivate people to work on these things as a, as the director like that's that's kind of like the director's job is to you're the custodian of the story and and does does that lighting help the story well does yeah that, and, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like and, it. and the writer the writer's not going to be concerned with the lighting but the lighting is is the lighting so is concerned important. with the writer <laughs> yeah, yeah. the lighting yeah the lighting <laughs> is concerned with the writer that's a very good I way of putting that. it you know and then yeah. and so the director's just you're just the custodian you're like you're Noah. Yeah, taking the story through the ocean. You know what I mean? Like, and and 
like and you've and you you've just got to keep it safe the whole time and be and be true to the well, story. You when know? you say story, though, you don't just mean plot and plot twists and stuff, right? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking, sto- about, you're, you're talking about the soul of of, course. of of a piece of art. Yeah, or, well, or, yeah, which which includes all those right. things. Right. Well, like because uh, you know, I, I'm always going to talk about Kubrick, but there was a Kubrick quote. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase, but where he basically said, you know, because you know, he famously took Nabokov and Stephen King and mm. kind of completely. Strip those stories down to their bare elements, and then just did his own thing on top of it. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, you definitely can't give the writer credit because because yeah. uh, well, because K- Kubrick redid it. Someone you know? still had to write that version, right? Exactly. So there is a writer, right? Right, right, right. Well. And, and it's usually him, and usually he gets people to help because I don't. I think he knew he wasn't great at dialogue, but that's a different issue. But yeah. but the the the, the, the paraphrasing quote I was going to say is that he's like he's like oh I, I love good plots because but a plot. Is like is like the structure of a building, and then you put everything on top of that, and then the whole art piece is not just the plot; it's 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 everything you build around it. And that, and I think when you say story, you mean everything. You don't everything. mean just just the boy meets girl, boy gets girl, but blah, blah blah. You know, like I, I guess that's 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 where I have a problem with people who are obsessed with TV shows and and um, superhero movies, and it's all and it's and, and like they're, and they're like, oh yeah, it looked nice, but blah da 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 da, and when so and so did this, you know, like what's uh, I'm actually not a Games of Throner, I should be, but you know, the whole thing that came out about this, we can segue into uh, tech talk now. Did you hear the whole thing about how the the lighting, the, the lighting yeah. and the DP was like, hey, your TVs are set up? Wrong. Yeah. Uh, so did did you have the same issue with the darkness that everybody said, um, or did you get what they were trying to no, do? No, of course I got what they were trying to do. I'm, yeah. I'm with the I'm with the DP on this one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also I I know what everyone's commenting on too because because my TV was pixelating in the darks, which is the streaming. It's not. It's the, streaming. So we can talk tech now because we're in, we're in the yeah. Tech zone. I mean, I don't know what HBO's high res. Video. I don't. I'm not even sure what what See, but what, I think what, what, bit rate you, what bit rate you get down there. I don't even know. Well, my wife is like, "Why are you buying Blu-rays again?" I'm like, "Cause they look better. Cause they're the best." And I actually, I'm sure 4K even looks better. I don't have 4K. Yeah, nothing's beating Blu-ray right now for quality. Like it's kind of crazy. Like, but aren't there they're 4K discs now, right? Are there? Yeah. If it, I 4K Blu-ray. This is how nerdy I am. I, I occasionally go into. Uh, a Best um, Buy. Best Buy, because they, they, they'll they have bins, and you'll yeah. get, like, No Country for Old Men for five bucks. That's cheaper than... Going on than, the streaming. If you want to see it twice, that's cheaper than streaming yeah. it twice. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, and it's better. Like, some streaming is better. I think Netflix streaming is good. So, well, let's, let's, let's not get too bogged down, but, like... I, and then this may be the argument that kind of Steven Spielberg was making that, hey, movies have to be seen. They shouldn't be seen on computers and laptops and iPads. They should be seen in a theater. I, I kind of agree. Like someone, someone, I was talking to someone at work about this and we were talking about like, oh, well, is it the DP's fault? Is it HBO's fault? Is it the, the cable company's fault? Like that it didn't, that people didn't get, you know, what he was trying to do. Whereas like if that scene was in a movie theater, no one would be talking about it. Of course it. not. Because it would be, if it was a, you know, especially if it was like the Alamo, one of these nice theaters would be projected, mm. right? So, so where where are you on that whole thing? On the whole, like, well, what's a movie? What's a TV show? Like, it's so to me, it's all filmmaking. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not so concerned about you have to be in a theater to see this in the right context. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, you saw the David Lynch thing. It's all story. Like, you ever saw that David Lynch thing? You're watching it on a fucking phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it just it just goes to. Um, if that's if that's your level of interest in that right. thing that you will watch it on a phone and you don't give a shit, yeah, then okay, like I mean, sure, whatever you want, you know. Um, 
But, but then if the filmmaker is doing something subtle like this DP did, then you're going to miss it if it's not if it's not you know what yeah. I mean. If it's not delivered. Well, I right. don't I don't think we should be making films for people that are watching them on their phones. Right. Like right, you know, right. if you want you know, we're making an art form. You know, like I don't think any painter is using a certain type of canvas. You know. Because of you know how people are going to stand in the gallery, like yeah, you know, or, the, or like, it'll fit the frame better. Well, or something. Can, you know, yeah, 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 like the like the painter is is expressing himself and the materials he uses and the way he does that, it, you know, that's all part of the work, right? Yeah, um, yeah. If you want to watch the latest Game of Thrones episode, which is all a battle at night, yeah, you know, yeah, you can watch it on your phone and you might not see it all. But it's, and it's just probably like, never going to look right until it comes out on well, Blu-ray or 4K disc. Sure. You know, yeah. so I mean, it's like you know, like when you love your when you when you got a favorite song you love. Yeah. Sure, you can listen to it on your iPhone speaker, you know, and right. hold your iPhone up to your ear and go, "Yeah, it's a great but song." But if you want to hear what the bass player is doing, or what people go out yeah. and buy headphones for a reason, right? Because they like to hear music well. Well, that's the same with cinema. Well, I you had know, a friend. If you want to, if you want to watch it properly. Watch it properly. Well, you know? and then this is where we're geeking out. Like we're doing this podcast at, my, at uh, Sugarbox Studios. Shout out and thank you to Sugarbox with our, um, uh, my friend Andy. Thank you and uh, my uh, engineer Will, who's been helping me out on a few of these. Um, and like I had a friend who, who, oh, I'm starting a podcast. He was like, oh, just just do it on your iPhone, like in your living room. It's like, no, like right. I want it to yeah, actually sound like mm. a podcast. So it's like, I mean, it, it's kind of where. Where we are as a society, you have people doing podcasts and, and YouTube and stuff, and it's like, oh, it's content. Like when people call mm. something content, and we work in an industry where often what we do is considered content. But I still, I consider it filmmaking. I'm still like, even when I do a rough cut, I'm like, uh, this is a real minor thing. There's like a technical thing with the the Avid I work on where you can play it back in half resolution, and our, our tech guys go, yeah, you should always play it back in half resolution because then if you're not, everything's not rendered, it won't crash. I'm like. Well, then I'm going to render everything because when I first play it for my client, I want it to fucking look right. <laughs> you know, like, because that's more important than me. If it crashes, I'll fucking reboot the computer. So I heard a lot of people mm. arguing to get back to the Game of Thrones thing. It was like, well, they should have brightened it up because they knew it was going to be on streaming and, you know, whatever. And so, uh, look, so I think it, it was gets an into a commerce it's versus an experiment. Art. It's an yeah. experiment. I mean, no one, I, I haven't ever seen a show that dark before. I've yeah. never seen the battle that they shot, shot that way. I mean, look, I, I'm 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 more like when they say, well, it's it's at night. You appreciate the effort, right? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and there's a it's not it's not to piss everybody off. It's like there's a there's a um there's an artistic reason for this, and it and to be honest, it kind of worked because it was absolutely terrifying, and you couldn't see, and that was that's what the DP said. He the, said you saw everything I wanted you to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't get that. Well, you know? and everyone was in. Everyone was on the battlefield. If they, you know, if they're really into that show, they were yeah. they their their subconscious was on the battlefield, wondering what was going on and not seeing the monsters until they're right on top of you, and you get this glimpse that they're four high, like they're they're a wave now, like and it's like you can't communicate that to anybody, and it's confusing and it's crazy. I mean, I loved it. I loved yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Could they have? Could they have made a couple more light sources in the place, and or know, even just the way they color corrected it, so it, it didn't fuck up the you know the, so you don't get the pixelation? Well, like, I'm sure when they were previewing it, yeah. it wasn't doing that, right? Right, you know right, what right. I mean, right, like right. It, like that hap, and also people streaming, like how much people stream, and like what what uh, what you know um, what bit rate they're bringing down yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the pipe. I mean, 
you can't account for all those things. You can't. You know what I mean? Like, so you've just got to lean in on what you think's right. And if everyone complains, then who gives a shit? I think. And and like, and, and the other thing is, you know, I'm, um, I heard Ben Ben Shapiro. Um, he he's a big Game of Thrones guy, and he said he said something quite interesting. Um, he was giving a review of that, and obviously he was giving his um, you know it, it was too dark comments, you know. And I and I didn't I didn't totally disagree with everything he said. And he was like, look, I like that, I, 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 I appreciate everyone saying that this is at night. This is how it would have been. Da, da, da. And he goes, but guys, there's dragons. You know, they we could have another light source. Yeah. That might be off screen and and like he's right. I mean like we could they they could have had like like these humongous burning bonfires like out on the on the plane or something just yeah, yeah, to yeah. see what was coming. I mean I would have But like, it wasn't the whole point is that the the soldiers didn't know what was coming, right? Wasn't that the whole point? Cuz it wouldn't that defeat the purpose if you saw ma- you maybe, know. but I mean yeah. yeah uh, anyway, I mean you we, you can go on about like talking about the logistics of the battle and stuff, but to be honest, it's all just a load of crap. Because basically, you know, sure, they there might have been some bad decisions that, you know, like I think the Dothraki, like, like you know, charge out and they just get creamed, right? And you're like, oh, man. But, you know, but they're the going up to that when she lights up everyone's, um, all their swords, you know, when the red, the red woman lights up all the swords and it's y- like... You're making me want to see it. It's, it's great. <laughs> no, and then I'm, they I'm charge those- out and they, get, and they get creamed and you're like... Wow! Like because you know there are this this is like the most formidable army like on horseback in the world, and they just got absolutely obliterated. How how long is you know that's pretty that's I mean that's pretty good storytelling you know like I thought it was great and then and then when you start to when they when the when those monsters get closer you know when the when the when the White Walkers get closer and you realize it's a wave of death coming at you like it's not just a they're all since i haven't seen it is it similar to the the arrows in 300 or, or yeah, is kind, it yeah better? it's kind of like that yeah, i mean yeah, it's yeah. unstoppable you just know the like, you're, you're yeah so, so so if you can imagine like there's you know there's all the zombies running you know yeah and then but they're running so much they're just clamoring on top of each other oh that's almost like what's that movie with uh, brad pitt uh, which I, I caught on hbo oh, um where uh, was he? Where was he? Yeah, I hear the effects were. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, I, never, I haven't watched Where Was He? But yeah. But anyway, there's this like it's a, it's a wave of death coming at them. Wow. And it's like nothing they've ever fought or seen or experienced ever before. And it know? sounds like the filmmakers, and I think we can call mm. TV people filmmakers. Of course. That, that they thought the best way to to tell that story is to is in the dark. Light it the way we're lighting it and shoot the way we're shooting it. You know. Well let's put it this way. You've got me so excited like I'm probably gonna binge watch Game of Thrones and finally get up to date like the rest of the world. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it on Blu ray. Make sure all I make sure I see the scenes the way the DP show man. They they've like the effects must be better now than they were, right? I've I've found the effects on that show pretty solid. When did it start? Two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, something like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's like eight seasons, so maybe it's two thousand ten. Um, yeah, so I think it's, you know, I think they've done a remarkable job well, of this, that, of that this, this brings me into the thing I wanted to talk in Tech Talk. We ended up talking about Game of Thrones. Um, but, um, like, as an effects guy, like, and you 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 worked on the uh, the title sequence for Matrix? Is that- no, um, I worked at, um, so, so going back a little bit to, like, how I got into all this, um, I, 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 you know, it's like basically as soon as I got out of, you know, um, school. art school, um, yeah, I managed to land a job at um, Animalogic, um, 
And and Animal Logic was one of the companies. Animal Logic is one of the biggest film you know, animation studios in the world now. Right. Um, and they um, were, you know, they were Australia's biggest um, animation studio. Right. And but not only animation, you know, visual effects. And um, and so we were like so Animal Logic for those that don't know, they they made Happy Feet, the Lego movies. Right. Um, they just made Peter Rabbit. Um, and is it, and it's owned by the Australian. But yeah, George. No, George Miller. No, no. Um, Zara Zara Nabaldian owns um, okay. owns Animal Logic. Um, he's yeah, and he's built this insanely um, successful company. How, how long did you work there? Um, I was there nine years. Wow. So I wow. Um, I really cut my teeth there and learnt basically everything I know. Um, so when I joined Animal, um, I I went into a team called what we you know, exotically called the design department. Right. And um but the design department at Animal Logic was at that time anyway was um uh was a combination of um a lot of multi-skilled individuals and you know and the rest of Animal Logic away from the design department was very specific skill sets. So we were this so you know we've got you know Animal Logic's like you know at one when I was there at one time it was 500 plus people wow. right so um but you know when I first joined it was like 80 people and so we saw it grow and get, get crazy but you know um when you're working in an animation studio and visual effects um the way those studios are set up as far as the artists go is there's their everyone's um departmentalized into very specific skill sets in 3D right. or or in 2D Wow, and um, you know, and obviously you got all the support and the tech support, and yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a massive machine, yeah, and um, very very complicated to run. Like yeah. you know, I can't even comprehend. Um, so anyway, so in the in let's say in animation and three D, so you've got you know, these they're all special. You know, everyone's specialized, and there's a few all round people, but mostly there's like. You know, there's the guys that do fur. There's the guys that that do the modeling. There's the guys that do water. animation. Yeah, yeah. There's the effects guys that do do water, or they they work out how fire can do their thing. You right. know, like so. To, you know, it basically combined um, all these different skill sets into one department, and it mm-hmm. was run by a guy um, Bruce Carter, who you know, you know, I, I don't I don't think that department would have existed without his vision. Hmm. You know, and and his vision was, I don't care. I just care about how you think. I don't mm. care about the software you use. Right, 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 right. And um, and I so happened, you know, this was back, and I I had After Effects skills, right? That's I I had, you know, got on After Effects on After Effects two or whatever it was, and in I figured quadra. and I figured it out, and I started trying, and I started doing film shots on After Effects, and like pushing pushing that machine to start working in resolutions that were beyond. When you say film shots, you mean like actually creating like film? Well, we're working at a resolution Got because um, we're talking way. We're talking like we weren't. You know, it's, we don't like right now. It all seems like of course I can do film shots, but back then they it, back it then, really couldn't. Right, like, right, right. Or it was seen not to. And like you mean actually doing After Effects well, on top of the- you no, know, it was Flame and Domino and these big systems that were million dollar systems. They were the film compositing tools, and then so uh, you you were actually doing stuff that was ne- had never been done on on desktop on, on a desktop before. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We were pushing. How far can we push this desktop? Right, right, right. And what else can we do? And then like one of the main things that you 
you know we started doing was a lot of film titles and you know designing them all out within the yeah, department yeah. and shooting stuff and bringing those things to life and then not to ages this is like late 90s what, what, what time yeah this is yeah this is um i i joined them in um 2000 2000 cool. so um so anyway um anyway so just going back to the um to the department and and who was involved and why i think this was a very important thing for the for that time at when Animalogic really be, just became the animation studio, is we, um, so we, so yeah, so it, it wasn't about what software you use, it was about how you think and your ideas. Yeah. And the software will come, you know. Well, it, and it, and it kind of had to, you know, to be able to be, um, uh, to, to, you needed to actually output at the end, but it was, con- it was seen as like, well, you can learn this if yeah. you've got the ideas, right? So The ideas first. Yeah, 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 it was all about thinking. So we all, so um, so I was in there. I was kind of this, you know, young, you know, kid that could shoot stuff, and I could composite, and I could design. So I was like this little all-rounded little dude. And then you know, I one of my good friends there, um, Michael Halford, he was a um, he was a mural painter. Wow. And practical, like like physical, like like the actual paint. Yeah, on a on yeah. a on a scaffolding on a roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing those big murals, right? Yeah, yeah. That was his background. So he came in to learn how to paint digitally and paint matte painting. So he was a matte painter, but he came from this completely different skill set. Um, then there was um, other guys that were like, you know, musicians and designers wow. and like tr- like traditional print designers that were then having to do film like sequences. And then then we would be around like our kind of mentors in that group were like visual effects um, um, supervisors. Right. So, you know, we would we would be working with the guys that were going off to do Hero, the film Hero. Yeah. Like and and they're on set like, you know, in the middle of China, shooting Hero and coming back to us and going, can you come up with a... So we're working with these guys that are super technical yeah, about yeah. how to pull off these insane sequences. So they were like sitting next to us while I was over here, you know, designing some title sequence, but also jumping on that project and, you know, helping... You Sounds know, like it was a really creative environment. It was the most it creative like a environment. Second, a second school. Yeah, it was. No, it's certain, but certain, you're actually making stuff that's, that's going in. It's going theaters. on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, so I worked... Um, I did a lot of work with Alex Proyas. You know, okay, like, yep. So I did... Um, I was designing sequences for his film. So I would go and sit with Alex and we'd have to design these sequences. And I would go back and then I was, you know, I was trying to build and build those sequences that were in the final film all like say on my desktop yeah and so i was like trying to push the software in all these different ways to kind of achieve the thing that i wanted to do and you know and then so i I got these like client facing things with like learning from alex and then i'd come back and then the next thing on my desk was like oh we're pitching on the new cartoon network rebrand oh wow so then we'd go okay and then we start throwing ideas into that right and then then another thing came on the desk oh we got to try and win happy feet wow you know, so it's like, okay, what's Happy Feet? Oh, it's George Miller's. George Miller's doing Happy Feet, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, well, okay. And then we started pitching, helping George, you know, yeah. convince the studio that, to convince Warner Brothers that Animal Logic could pull it off. And right? Animal Logic did all the animation on that film? Um, the, yeah, the, the bulk. The bulk, the bulk yeah. yeah. I mean, every film gets farmed out, yeah, yeah. but, yep. but Animal Logic led, led that project. And, and subsequently, um, became a partner for for warner brothers right. on that so now all those you know lego and everything's based are you off, still friends with a lot of the, a lot of those guys of those animal 
Of animalogic people? Yeah, yeah. Just Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all like, so there's a massive network of us now yeah. that are all in other companies and some people are running companies and, you know, uh, high up in other places. And we're just, you know, we're this extended family because it really was that culture. And we, and we all, all of us call it the golden time because it, it truly was this most creative time that we've all been in. And, um, and it really was, um, culturally it was pushed from, from the top, you know, they wanted this, they, they, it, 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 no, it wasn't necessarily the most, um, let's say profitable department, right, let's say right, like right, it right. didn't like the time card situation was a little bit like, what the fuck do we put on the time card? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm researching, you know, I'm, I'm messing around. Like I'm, you know, like in my downtime, I would build like um, pinhole cameras out of huge boxes that I was thinking I could rig cameras to the back of them. Awesome. And, I want to see those. <laughs> yeah, I was up. like obsessed with just kind of like, yeah. look at this experiment. I mean, maybe I can use it on the next project, you know, and then... And do you think you would be... Where, sorry to interrupt, but do you think you would be... It, it sounds like having run a small company, it's, it, it's so important like how the culture of a company starts. And it sounds mm. like this, what you're talking about, animal logic, like, I mean, you probably, you're pretty ambitious and creative, but it sounds like it really it really set the stage for the rest of your career in a way. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Thank you so much for coming in. My um, pleasure, Barney. Any, any, um, good luck with this thing. Yeah. Any, hey, we'll come back one day and we'll, uh, we'll continue. Our, we'll, we'll talk about Mandy too. We'll talk about or, Mandy too, or we can talk about, you know, we'll talk about Game of Thrones. We can talk about, I'll, I'll have finally seen it. Yeah, that's it. Well, I think, um, yeah. Or, or Bergman or whatever. Um, but thanks for me. Do, do you, uh, is there any, um, uh, do you do you have a an online presence that you like to uh, uh, online presence? Um, yeah. If people want to check out your short films, oh yeah, go those to are um, public right. Da- yeah, dayalerts.com. D a e l o a t e s dot com. That's not D a l e d a e l d a e l. I've gotten that wrong. It's a weird before. one. Yeah, d a e l o a t e s. Um, yeah, I'm there. I'm not only. I'm. I, I've, I've got a. I'm. I'm just actively trying to get off every social media platform right now because I just think it's diabolical. Um, But I am on Instagram. um, But I, you know, I don't really keep up with that. What's your handle on Instagram? Um, Just just Dale Oates. Yeah. D-A-E-L-O-A-T-E-S. Dale, thanks for coming in. No problem. Thanks, mate. We good? See ya. Well, that's it. That's a wrap on episode three. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Hopefully in a week or two, I will have episode four out with my friend and father-in-law, um, David Felton, who is uh, one of the original writers of Beavis and Butthead. He's also a consultant on films, uh, including the most recent uh, Charlie Says. So we have a nice talk about uh, cults and uh, Manson. Uh, he actually wrote an article about the Manson family when he wrote for Rolling Stone back in the actual 60s so a really fascinating talk coming up so don't miss it uh thanks everybody 